0: Thank you for joining us at xm.com this is the weekly outlook i'm Cristina marujos and joining me today is senior investment analyst mario sechikiriakos and we'll be having a look at this very exciting upcoming week it has a lot of events and data coming up so it will keep investors busy but before we get into the upcoming week mario's let's have a look at this week's highlight which of course was the rather hawkish fed what is the significance of the fed signaling tapering in november and how will things play out for markets in the dollar
1: Hello, Christina. Well, it's really, really significant. So the Fed essentially told us that if catastrophe doesn't hit until November, they're probably going to start tapering. And the new dot plot showed the committee being evenly split about whether we'll get a rate hike in next year already in 2022 and in fact the markets have now fully priced in a rate hike for December next year. Now the dollar gained a little bit after this hawkish message but it couldn't really hold on to those gains which I think comes down to the more uh, positive news around Evergrande that it will be let's say a controlled demolition it will default in in an orderly fashion as opposed to a you know to a disorderly one and that of course has seen uh, some ha- safe haven flows uh, come out of the dollar now i think that's a short-term uh, thing though i would argue that the overall picture for the dollar remains quite uh, encouraging the question now is how quickly tapering will be completed and whether we could even see an earlier rate hike so for example september next year is that possible I think it is inflation is likely to remain very elevated until next year. Consumption is far higher than pre-crisis levels. The labor market will probably be back to full employment by then. And, of course, Congress might also deliver that elusive uh, spending package that it's trying to to pass. So, all in all, I think the picture for the dollar is positive because the Fed will most probably out-normalize the European Central Bank and Bank of Japan.
0: Well, speaking of the Eurozone, it's going to be an action-filled week for the area, with a highlight probably being the German election coming up on Sunday. How could the election's results impact markets?
1: Well, that's the big one. So there are essentially two main scenarios. It's either going to be a center-left alliance led by the Social Democrats and by Olaf Scholz, the current finance minister, or it's going to be a center-right alliance led by... Uh, Merkel's, Angela Merkel's uh, party, the CDU, who is now led by Armin Lasset. Now, the two alliances have drastically different uh, outcomes for spending in the Eurozone. The center left, they want to, you know, they want to expand investment, they want to expand spending in the economy. And that, of course, would, you know, it would paint a, a a better picture for European growth. And of course, that is the highest probability scenario as well. If you look at opinion polls and betting markets, it's probably going to be a centre-left victory. Now, on the other hand, if it's a centre-right victory, that means we go back to balanced budgets, to conservative policies, less spending. That could hit economic growth, especially because there would be pressure on other European nations to follow suit. Uh, And that, of course, would be a a negative cocktail for the Euro. I think we have higher chances for a centre-left alliance, but the catch is the following. We probably won't know the winner for several days or even weeks as the parties negotiate with each other. So if on Monday the outcome is really close and the winner is not clear at all, the initial reaction in the Euro might be a small gap lower uh, because of all the uncertainty.
0: Now, let's have a look at Japan because it's also having elections this upcoming week. How could the outcome affect the yen?
1: Options markets don't think this is going to be a huge event. So if you look at implied volatility in the yen, it's relatively subdued. But here's how it might play out. Japan doesn't have a, a federal election. It has a, a leadership election from the ruling party. But whoever wins is almost guaranteed to become the next prime minister because that party has a, a majority in parliament. So there are three main candidates. The most likely one is Taro, Taro Kono, and I hope I'm pronouncing that well. Uh, I think he's, if he wins, that would be a slightly positive outcome for the yen because he supports uh, a massive spending package that aims to boost wages in Japan, which have been stagnant for a while, and growth. And he has also Urged the Bank of Japan in the past to uh, to outline an exit strategy, essentially from its cheap money policies. Now that doesn't mean much, but it means that if he wins and becomes prime minister, and uh, when when the current governor's uh, governor Kuroda's term ends in two thousand and twenty three he might appoint someone more conservative, let's say, to lead the Bank of Japan. So that might be an important uh, signal for the yen. Overall, I'd argue the the, the bigger outlook for the yen is still negative because no matter who leads the Bank of Japan, we are probably not going to see any rate increases uh, over the coming years.
0: And finally, Marios, China is reporting PMIs for September on Thursday amidst the Evergrande fallout, which is causing anxiety to investors worldwide. Do you think this could spiral out of control?
1: No, I don't really think so, Christina. So there was a lot of debate lately. Is this China's Lehman moment or not? I don't think so. The Chinese authorities have a lot of tools at their disposal to stop this at its root. And indeed, we've seen some reports lately that they are already working on a restructuring deal that would essentially prevent spillovers to other sectors and protect domestic investors. So I'm not really afraid of a domino effect of defaults, but here's my worry. This could lead to a massive hangover in the real estate sector. And the real estate sector is huge. It's around 30% of GDP. Now, the the Chinese economy was already slowing down. So if we see the real estate sector struggling, that could suppress growth even further. And that's the real risk for me.
0: Marios, thank you very much for joining me today. This was the Weekly Outlook here at XM.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of Global Market Insights brought to you by XM.com.